Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Mosier, your host today, coming at you from the mothership here in Fargo, North Dakota, downtown Fargo, right by the cathedral, right by the railroad track, right by... The beautiful, beautiful 24-7 Perpetual Adoration Chapel. Mm. You've been there, Eli, haven't you? Of course, yeah, it's great. What a great place of prayer and welcoming. I'd like to thank Eli here for producing today, looking at the good-looking young guy through the big window here at our studio. And I've got a great show uh, for you today. Um, we're going to be talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus and uh, enthronement to the Sacred Heart. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about a, a first, um, first installment uh, for my doctoral thesis. I'm writing on uh, 2370 and 2371 of the Catechism. And basically, it's, it's about contraception, the contraceptive mentality. And the segment's going to be called The Contraception Deception, The Contraception Connection. So many things in our world today, especially social issues and things that, that we're going to talk about, are connected to contraception, but a lot of people don't see it. It's a snapshot culture, right? We, we look at today and say, okay, that's what's going on today. And sometimes look and go, well, that just seems crazy. Why, why are people accepting that? Why are people doing that? Why are laws being made, <laughs> you know, and, and, and judicial decrees being made that emphasize this, that uphold this? Well, it's not an isolation. It's not something that just happened overnight. It's a culture, right? It's something that's been building. So I can't obviously go through everything today, but in each of the times I host, I'm going to take half hour or going to go through this. So the first one today, I'm just going to give, give us a little background, a little, um, a little structure. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, with a couple of deacons about uh, helping those in long-term care. And then the last segment, uh, my wife and I are going to talk about, uh, we've moved my mom into our home. We did that in March and the wonderful blessings that have come from that. So let us begin, as always, with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Merciful and loving God, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the many gifts you give us, the gift of your Son and the Spirit, the gift of life, the gift of the church, the gift of the sacraments, the gift of our families, and Lord, the gift of each other. Lord, please impress upon our hearts today the gift that we are called to be a gift, the gift of your sacred heart that tells us to be a gift to others. This is my body given for you. Help us to also embrace those who are in either early stages or the late stages or difficulties in life and help us to see their true dignity and treat them with the dignity that they deserve. Open our hearts and our minds too to the truth of living your way of life and love, the divine plan and, and the beautiful freedom and joy that it brings from living in that truth. We put all this at the feet of our Blessed Mother and pray for a powerful intercession as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of love and life, 
pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Great. Well, we would like to join Aaron and Emily Lofi here today. We're going to be talking about promotion and enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Aaron and Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Great. Good morning. Uh, I, I was hoping to say, well, where, where's the better half? The better three-fourths, really. You know, I mean, let's go. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Isn't that true? What would it be without our yeah. wives, Aaron, right? We'd be lost and floundering, right? I mean, I tell you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, this is great. Well, Aaron and Emily, tell us a little bit about how you two met and, and got together and a little bit about your family. Sure. So we are Aaron and Emily Lofi. We live, live in Winona, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met as Focus Missionaries. Mm. Uh, at, on the college campus of Winona State, our first years on on staff with Focus. Um, from there, we we were with Focus for six years. Uh, we got married in 2013, so we'll be married almost seven years coming up this late October. We have three simple kids. We just celebrated our oldest birthday yesterday, piece of transfiguration. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, George, Ella, and Oliver. Um, and I work for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and Emily stays home with the families, doing great work, just raising our, our kids in the best way possible. Very good. My wife and I were married on the Feast of the Transfiguration, so it was a great, great Oh, great well, congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yes, yes. Well, that's wonderful. Emily, wh- what about you? What, what attracted you to this young man? <laughs> um, so many things. I, mean, I know. First of all, that... It's only that half an hour, <laughs> Emily, so, you know, you just... You right. know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I always joke that it was his thick Wisconsin accent mm-hmm. that drew me to him. Um, a lot of I'm cheese, a Colorado huh? girl, uh. so yes, all, all that cheese. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just, I don't know, we just clicked right away. Um, we had a good base of friendship, um, just being kind of serving as missionaries on the same team for about five months. We were able to kind of just grow, yeah, grow our friendship together before we grew um, a dating relationship after that. And yeah, God really just blessed us, um, blessed us with lots of confirmations with our relationship, and then it's been a truly blessed life since. Um, lots of, yeah, just holiness and the cross of marriage as well, but um, we know that God has been with us through it all. Well. Amen, amen. You know, and I know if, if I got married very late in life, at 49 actually, I know, and uh, my <laughs> poor wife, I had a few rough edges. Okay, a lot of rough edges to, <laughs> to smooth down, and we're still in the process. But, you know, one, one thing that I've, I've noticed, we did some fostering, and we just adopted a, a boy now that we fostered for three years. Uh, yeah, 58 and have a three-year-old. But, but anyway, <laughs> one thing that really has come across to me in our, our time of marriage is that shared sacrifice and commitment to it. It just draws you so close together. Instead of, oh, I have to do this, I get to do this, right? I want to do this. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege to raise my children. It's a privilege to wake up in the middle of the night and help with the kids or whatever it is. I'm sure Aaron does that too. You know, I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Doesn't that draw you close together? Talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every, every morning you, you wake up and you decide... Am I going to do it for myself or am I going to do it for something bigger? Mm-hmm. And that's every every morning it, it is that, you know, waking up early, uh, making breakfast, making sure my wife is doing well, making sure the kids are, are trying to get up and, and making breakfast and getting them dressed and, and all of these things. Um, it's, it's our ways. Every little thing that we do, if we offer it to God, allows us to become more sanctified. Exactly, exactly. So true, so true. Well, that's great. Well, you have um, 
adopted and embraced the enthronement of the Sacred Heart devotion. Maybe do you want to talk a little bit about the Sacred Heart and tell us a little bit about the devotion and why you chose to do this as a family? Sure. So um, we actually first heard about this devotion, um, which is the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in one's home. Um, Early on in our marriage, we were living in Kansas, and there was a couple who had invited us over to dinner. And right when you walked in their door, they had um, the images of Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary um, enthroned in kind of a place of honor in their home. And so we asked them about it, and they explained that that was an enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and Immaculate Heart of Mary um, in their house. And so that kind of stuck with me um, from that point forward. And um, you know, life kind of brought us to a couple different places since since that point. And um, right as we were approaching our um, sixth wedding anniversary, so this past October, um, I just really felt on my heart a desire to do this in our home. Um, this is here in Winona, this is our first time owning a home. Um, and so maybe it was something about that, just that sense of stability um, and something that is ours now that we can Um, kind of put our mark on, I guess. But um, it essentially um, stems from the devotion to the Sacred Heart by St. Margaret Mary. Um, In 1907, Jesus um, appeared to St. Margaret Mary and um, spoke to her of the promises of his Sacred Heart. Um, And within that, there's 12 promises that he gave to her um, for all those that um, consecrate themselves and make reparations to his Sacred Heart. So the enthronement of the Sacred Heart stems from this ninth promise, which um, Jesus says, I will bless every place where an image of my heart shall be exposed and honored. Um, And so an image of Jesus's heart is essentially exposed and honored in a place of prominence in the home. And in turn, um, the family consecrates themselves to Jesus, to our Lord, making him king of their household. Um, And then Jesus, in turn, blesses and honors that home. Um, in that place. So that's essentially, yeah, kind of the gist of the devotion. Wonderful, wonderful. So Aaron, what what hit you? It sounds like this these great friends, obviously, with their devotion. Uh, Emily told us what struck her. What struck you about that, and what brought you around to thinking, yes, this is a great thing for us to do? Yeah, I mean, I think just through our marriage, I think it was a great opportunity to do it on our wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is some prep work that you do beforehand. So there's a book that Cardinal Burke uh, edited and published. It's called The Enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And that book, we we read it through, uh, kind of explaining what the devotion was, and then there's a few steps that we need to take before making that consecration. So there's three days of prayers. Uh, There is kind of a list of things that we need to get, like looking at what's a prominent place in our house to put these images. Um, Having it actually have a an image, like there's so many images of the Sacred Heart, what, you know, which one do we want to do? And then uh, have a mass set in our house, I invite friends and family over um, to make it a celebration. But as we read through the book, the one thing that really stuck out to me was that when you do this enthronement, you are linking the tabernacle of your parish church to your house. Mm. And that really struck me a lot. Knowing that, you know, we go we go to church and we pray in front of the tabernacle, and then when we go home and once we did this enthronement, it was like I'd never left. Mm-hmm. That presence of Christ in our home when we did this 
uh, devotion was so linked to that tabernacle in our churches that we have the opportunity now as we pray within our home because we made Christ the king of our home. He has the predominant place in our home. We have the opportunity to, to pray there and to welcome our family into that, our kids. Mm, that's so good. We're talking with uh, Emily and Aaron Lofi from Winona, uh, focused missionaries that met, married, have three children now, and they enthroned, have an enthronement to the Sacred Heart in their house. And yet, that's, these are great, great explanations and reasons why. Um, I, I love that, how people get into that. Uh, you talked a little bit about the, the preparation. Tell us a little about the preparation and then how you brought your children into this preparation and enthronement as well. Sure. So um, it's- Keep going. Oh, go ahead. Let the boss go, Aaron. Let the boss okay. go. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So, um, so as I mentioned, we wanted to set this for kind of being in conjunction with our anniversary. So our anniversary happened to fall on a Saturday last year, but we really wanted to do it on a Friday um, because Fridays are especially devoted to the Sacred Heart. Um, and so we ended up doing it the eve before our anniversary. October 25th is the day that we picked. And um, it's... The book that Cardinal Burke has, um, he has actually a three-day preparation of prayer that you do um, together as a family. And so Aaron and I were the ones that mostly did that prayer. Our kids are pretty young. Our oldest just turned six yesterday. So um, they they knew that we were doing it, um, but we were kind of making these more like deeper spiritual preparations together as a couple. We would get up early in the morning before the kids woke on those three days. Um, but as a family... Each of the three days leading up to the enthronement, we did go to Mass every day, um, which sometimes daily Mass as a family is a little bit challenging, um, <laughs> especially with three little ones, and especially with some of the Mass time. So one of the days happened to be, like, the only Mass time we could go to was 5.15 p.m., which for anybody who has kids knows that that's, like, the worst time to go to Mass because it's dinner time and mm-hmm. everybody's cranky. Um, but the Lord still blessed it, and He saw our sacrifice, and I think the kids especially our oldest, knew that, like, something special was happening. Um, They came with us to pick out our images um, of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And, um, yeah, they got to kind of see that process as well. Um, And then on the day of the enthronement, we had, um, we asked one of our good priest friends to kind of walk us through it, um, because it's typically led by a priest. And he actually offered to do a Mass in our home beforehand as well. And so the kids thought that that was, like, the coolest thing ever Mm. to have Mass in our home. And um, they actually got to participate in parts of the liturgy. Um, I don't actually remember what, because none of them could read at the time, but I know that Father kind of incorporated them a little bit. Um, And then right after after the Mass, um, we went straight into the ceremony. And so Cardinal Burke actually suggests in his book um, certain roles that different members of the family can have for the ceremony. So we started with the images of Jesus and Mary um, on the altar that we had used for Mass, and Father blessed them right there. And then um, our oldest got to carry um, one of the candles. We had two candles, so our oldest carried one candle, and our second oldest carried another candle, while Aaron carried the image, um, and we kind of processed with it to the place of enthronement. Um, and then we all got to kneel down in front of um, where we placed the images and say our prayers of consecration. And there was, I think, um, a little part that the kids got to say, so they memorized it beforehand. Mm. Um, and I think 
I don't know if they ended up saying it correctly, but it was still pretty cute that so, they tried. That's okay. So, From the um, heart, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that it really struck them, um, especially I think our oldest for sure, being five at the time, will we'll certainly remember that. Um, and then since then, like they've, even our youngest, um, he was not even a year at the time. Um, even after we had done the enthronement, it just was incredible how much he was drawn Mm -hmm. Um, to the images of Jesus and Mary, and he would often go, um, we have some kneelers right below the images, so he would off, he often goes and like kind of would crawl up right to those kneelers and just peer up at Jesus and Mary and um, just smile at them, and um, I just, yeah, was so touched by that and still am with how much, yeah, how much um, those graces are penetrating their hearts as Amen. well. Amen. Amen. We're talking with Aaron and Emily Lofi about the Sacred Heart and enthronement of the Sacred Heart in your home. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue with them when we return. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says... By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com. So I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Real Presence Live here on this fantastic Friday, of course. A great, great day to be talking about the Sacred Heart and enthronement to the Sacred Heart. And we're doing just that with Aaron and Emily Lofi living in Winona, Minnesota. They met as focused missionaries there right at Winona State, and God has blessed that relationship. 
It uh, budded into a marriage with children, and now they're talking about the enthronement to the Sacred Heart and what it means to their family, and we appreciate that. Aaron and Emily, welcome back. Good to be here, yes. Awesome, that's great. Well, you've yeah, t- you shared you. a lot about what it means to your family, and I appreciate that. And feel free to share more of that along the way and other stories. I loved your story, Emily, about your little one-year-old. You know, I started to cry. I'm kind of emotional for a guy. I'm going to let you know, but I can only imagine, <laughs> right? Our little three-year-old, when, when he does that, we, like we, we watch the rosary at night, and he says, rosary on TV, and why they're Angelica, right? Rosary on TV. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, to see a child drawn. Of course, you know, God is drawing them, but the idea that they're really drawn to that, and it just touches your heart, doesn't it? It just melts you, right? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Well, let's talk maybe about other families. Why would you encourage, Aaron, maybe you can take this one, why, why would you encourage other families to practice this devotion? And maybe what's it done for you personally? Sure. Two things that come out uh, with that question. The first one, and we didn't even know this, nobody knew it about this pandemic coming. Mm-hmm. And we, so we did this in October okay. uh, of last year. And then when we you know, heard all the stories of the pandemic coming and the closing down of, of parishes and masses, and just looking at uh, our devotion that we did to the Sacred Heart, the enthronement, it's like kind of what I talked about before is that connection of the tabernacle in our parish is now in our home. Mm-hmm. And so having that opportunity still to pray, uh, to be connected with, with our Lord and His heart, uh, was really something that we really gravitated to during, excuse me, during the, the, the pandemic that's still going on yet. Uh, and the second point is just being the husband and the father of the home, uh, humility, mm-hmm. the humility to have Christ as the king of the house, uh, that I can kneel to him uh, in reverence of him and to know that I, I am a servant uh, in this house and in my family and to allow that humility of Christ to be king and that I can allow Christ to work within my, uh, my fatherhood and, my, and being a, a husband. Hmm. So good, Aaron. You know, Emily, I'm just thinking of me and my wife Veronica's relationship, too. When we do that, when she sees, you know, Ephesians 5, right? First of all, notice, you know, people never say this, you're called to be subordinate to one another out of love for Christ, right? But then later on, mm-hmm. it says, wives, be subordinate to your husbands, right? And then husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm thinking, when you see your husband bending the knee, bowing before the Lord, saying, I am a servant in this house, I am humble. That makes you want to follow him, right? And say, yes, honey, take that lead because you know that he has your family's best interest in mind, not his selfish interest. Maybe talk a little bit about what this has done for you, Emily. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, everything that you said, Tim, is, just hits the nail on the head. I think it's really reordered our relationship mm-hmm. um, and our priorities within the home um, back to to Christ as the king and center of everything. Um, And we do have um, just this beautiful habit now um, that has sprung from enthroning the Sacred Heart, where every morning um, Aaron gets up before everybody else, and um, he starts off his day praying before um, our enthronement of the Sacred Heart. And then I get up shortly after him and come and join him. Mm -hmm. And just the beauty of us being able to pray together before our Lord Um, But for me to see him, you know, taking the lead with that um, has really impacted me and propelled my prayer life. And like Aaron mentioned, especially during this time of pandemic and sacraments being less available, um, it's really allowed us to build our domestic church together. Um, And then that has sprung and fueled um, the teaching and um, inspiring of the faith to our children as well. 
Mm, so wonderful. We're talking with Aaron and Emily Lofi about enthronement to the Sacred Heart and the devotion to the Sacred Heart. Um, maybe let's, let's go back to the kids a little bit. I know they're young. You, you, gave, you shared that one story about your one-year-old, which again, just touches me to the heart. But what has it done for your children as well, even though they're young? Yeah, I would um, say I think, after... Oh. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, after dinner, we try to make it a routine to at least say a deck of the rosary. And we mm-hmm. do it in front of the images. And to see uh, our oldest, George and Ella, be excited to, to get a rosary, to sit on our couches in front of the enthronement, uh, it's, it's something to see. Uh, the Holy Spirit is for sure working within our children, uh, and to have Christ be the King looking, looking over His children, not just my children, but me and my wife as children of Him, and to devote to ourselves to the Sacred Heart and to His Mother, mm-hmm. to the Immaculate Heart of Mary also. I think those, just those times in our family room, uh, in our living room, uh, with the image there, I think it's just, it's key, uh, not to, yeah, not to shy away from from our faith or from this devotion, but to continue on a daily basis to bring them into the mystery of the Sacred Heart and to the Macro Heart. So true. Emily, go ahead. Um, yes, I was going to say similar things, um, but I just think, yeah, again, kind of like I mentioned with um, our youngest, Oliver, um, really having kind of this affinity towards going towards those images um, and really, yeah, smiling up and seeing kind of the beauty of um, Jesus as king over our home, and um, he looks up to him as well. I think um, the kids, I really hope, will grow up with a sense of knowing what is the highest priority in our home um, and that the center of our home is always going to be Christ. Um, and the guidance of his blessed mother as well. Mm, that is so good. I, I love it. The center of our home is Christ and with his blessed mother, absolutely. Got about two minutes left. Any, Maybe just a few words for someone who might be listening, and I don't know if we should do this or not. Number one, it sounds like, I mean, it's not totally that much time-consuming work, and it sounds like it's brought you and Aaron closer together, Emily, as well as your family. Yes, absolutely. And I would say... Um, Really, you can you can do no wrong to do this devotion. I think that it is one of the most important things that you could do for your family. Um, and it's also important to, to note that you don't have to um, be married and have a family to do this. You right. can be um, single, or your kids could be out, out of the home, or you could be in any stage of life. Jesus wants to be the king of your home. Hmm. Um, and it makes me think of um, Jesus um, calling to Zacchaeus in the tree, and he says, Come down, for I must come and stay in your home. Um, Jesus wants to come and be in our home with us. Um, so to really not shy away from that invitation, um, but to embrace the Lord's call in that um, for yourself and for your family. Mm, very well put. Aaron, we've got one minute left. Go ahead and what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I just, I hope and pray that those listeners out there that just have an inkling, you know, that is the Holy Spirit kind of maybe urging us to really take a hold of this devotion. It's such an old and rich tradition that the, the Church gives us, and to really make make a point to bring Jesus into our homes, like kind of what my wife said, the domestic Church. Mm-hmm. Like We need to get back to, to having Christ as the King, not just in the world, but within our own Church, our own domestic Church, and to, to allow Him to rule over, and for us to understand that relationship that He wants with us in our home. Mm. 
So true. Emily and Aaron, that was wonderfully, wonderfully put. Thank you for your devotion to the Sacred Heart and to your family and your, joining your hearts, which is the center of our being, right to the heart of Jesus and, of course, the heart of Mary as well. So we really appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on, Aaron and Emily. God bless you. Thank you, Tim. Take care. All right, this is Aaron and Emily Lofi. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, have you been wondering about some of the strange things happening in our culture today? They're all connected in some way. And I'm going to start to talk about that after our break. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we will be back right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 